do we need to warm up a little bit? It's been a long time since we've been yeah, at this. It's been a long time since we've been at this. Um, I mean, I feel like if we're going to warm up, we should let our audience warm up with us because they've been away yeah. for a while too, you know? Yeah, that's true. They need to get back into the swing of things. They probably haven't listened to any other podcasts because they've been so it's bereft true. and heartbroken since we've been gone. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they, they need to, like, figure out what kind of podcast this is, like we need to every week when we do it. Right. So, <laughs> well, this is Lincoln and Wells, and it's a podcast about the issues that yeah, matter. All the issues that matter. I guess we should say that we are doing one of our news of the weird episodes. Yeah. And I've kind of, (laughs) yeah, well, it started out as everything is Gothic, but I kind of honed in on what our dual aesthetic really is. And it's, it's part Gothic. Mm -hmm. And then the other part is just kind of dirt bag. I don't know. The dirt bag Gothic, I think is a really important (laughs) dirt bag Gothic. (laughs) Oh my God. That's perfect. That's. Oh, so we're gonna we're gonna cover all the all the hot button issues. It's been four months. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we got all these people bothering us to be a guest host. I don't it's know. True. It's true. Why we didn't take any of them up on it? But you know, thanks to our sponsors for sticking by us uh, during this long hiatus. Stamps dot horse. Stamps dot horse is the best. They they really understand host loyalty. Yeah. Cars for kids. Cars for kids. <laughs> I was about to say toys why for do, tots, but that's why do they give thing. the kids cars? That doesn't. I mean, doesn't if really you, track for me. I blame Disney and their their terrible Autopia. Um, well, at least everybody has that song in their head now. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that song. Mm-hmm. You know what it is about that song is that it's at the slowest tempo. That has ever been recorded. Yeah, yeah. There's whatever the slowest musical tempo is, and mm-hmm. I could have looked this up, but I don't know. But there's that, and then there's the Cars for Kids tempo. Right, right. And and I think really like the name should be, you know, it's a it's a C for K uh, tempo from now on, right? Like whatever it was before, Cars for. It's kids actually K for K because they spell cars with a K. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, and then. It's just hard for me to watch those kids trying to bop along with it, but it's at such a slow tempo that the human body cannot do it. Well, they, they gotta get the human the body cannot drunk. bop that slow. Yeah, yeah. They, that's why they look at the kids up just a little bit so that they're, they're just a little more sluggish than they would be <laughs> <Yeah>. normally. <laughs> they can bop along. I guess let's get on to the, this, this dirtbag gothic news. Mm-hmm. 
so there's a guy named Matt Jones. He's a radio host in, in Kentucky. Uh Kentucky Sports Radio is his thing, and I listen to it sometimes, and so I follow him on Twitter. And he put out a call on Twitter asking his followers to give him the uh, best Kentucky elected official names or and or nicknames. Oh. And, you know, I just, if people have listened to the last episode. Yeah. Uh, which they have. <laughs> One hopes. Because this shouldn't be your first. They'll they'll remember the list of baseball heroes that we right that we right. went through, and so this is in a similar vein. So these are are some of the uh, submissions for best Kentucky elected official name. All right, the best ever was Honest Dictate. It's not often that you your name gets to be a pun if your name is Dick and not a dirty pun. Like honest, honest dictate, the state treasurer who absconded with Kentucky's treasury and was never caught. <laughs> so they already put nicknames in like quotation marks when they display them. How do you get another <laughs> pair of air quotes around honest? I think it's well? got to be. Bold and italics, or something like that. I right, don't know. Right, yeah, um, yeah. They'll they'll never catch honest Dick. He's still running today. <laughs> Next up is Harvey Dean Collins, who doesn't have a nickname, mm. but someone posted his um, his campaign ad in the newspaper. Uh-huh. He's running for constable in district district three. <laughs> constable in district three. Oh, man. Okay. With the um, tagline, I can eat a sandwich with one hand, pick up a dead dog with the other. (laughs) And then below. All the jobs of a constable. (laughs) Like, we look to him to clean up our streets from, uh, you know, from uh, uh, roadkill and also to eat sandwiches. Uh, Further down in the ad, he says he has 30 years of experience. (laughs) Oh, oh, God. So he's he's a a seasoned dead dog handler uh, who has no problem eating at the same time. God, I'm like, so my question with that is like, is that meant to be? Is that a brag about his ability to multitask, or is that a bag about a brag about like his iron stomach and how (laughs) no no amount of putrefaction in the corpses of animals will turn him off of his lunch. Or just the idea, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's what he's going for. I think he wants the people of District 3 to know that, uh, you know, they won't have to wait till till Harvey Dean Collins is done with his lunch to come deal with the dead dog on the side of the road. All right, so here's an important triptych. Clark County Jailer Squatty Doyle. Henry County Jailer Booger Southworth. <laughs> and Bath County Jailer Jaybird Crouch. Ooh. Ooh, that last one. See, the first two are, I mean, they're good, right? Like Booger and Squatty are objectively great names for your, your warden or your jailer. So Squatty is without doubt a cruel jailer. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> a, a cruel and high-handed jailer. Booger is, um, I would say, sort of uh, feckless. And uh, and Jaybird is is the jailer who um, falls asleep with his chair tipped back, and the uh, <sighs> the inmates are trying to get the keys off of his belt with a with a broom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pickle Mills. Pickle Mills. Longtime Martin County constable ran against Booger Jude a few years ago. So that's our second Booger. Our second Booger. And like, all right, Pickle Mills and Booger Jude. I want to see that debate more than anything I've ever wanted in my entire life. The uh, previous, previous note, not the current. He was defeated. Oh, oh thank God. Previous Warren County Sheriff was Peanuts Gaines. <laughs> And what I love about this is the plural. Yeah. Not not yeah. peanut gains, peanuts gains. Gains. He's he's that's like he's not a peanut. He is a man known for associating with peanuts. Yeah. He's he runs a ring of peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's just sort of like God like I I I guess it's not that funny, but the only explanation I can think of is like his office is just full of discarded peanut shells, right? Like, well, I just assume that's every elected official office in Kentucky. Okay. All right. I mean, fair point. Fair, fair and point. I'm allowed to say that because I'm from there. So you that's know, right. That's right. You're technically keep your fucking Kentuckian. comments to yourself, everybody. Yeah. Ben, you've lived in a remarkable number of States that I, I don't think I, I'd be able to live in. Like, I mean, you know, nothing against those states, but like, I think my, my body was not built well, for. You can only live in one state and only one city within that state. Right. Right. So, it's true. you know, that's it's true. not saying that much. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. But, uh, also, okay. Peanut, peanuts gains is almost like really bad propaganda for the muscle building power of, um, of peanuts. Like, <laughs> right. Like a, the new, um, GNC product. Right. Right. Text peanuts gains to three, two, one, three, two, one. And we'll send you a gift of hashtag baby nut. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, this is also coming at a time when we as a nation are mourning <laughs> Mr. Peanut. <laughs> I mean, so okay. I'm, I'm sorry if this is triggering for anyone. It's, yeah, no, it's very bad that that he died, and maybe very bad that he was brought back to life. Oh, was he, Mr. Peanut? Was uh, you know what? I need to I need to fact check this because I think I'm going to get it wrong. Yeah, you don't want to get three Pinocchios for your Mr. Peanut statement on right, the Lincoln right. and Wells podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure though that he was at his funeral. Um, Oh God, people also ask, did Mr. Peanut actually die? Um, but yeah, okay, so he was reincarnated just after his funeral by, I believe, the Kool-Aid Man's Magic Tears. That seems to be what I'm finding. So I, I'm has not, he kind yeah. of, he's ascended to, to the next plane? Um, well, he's just been, he's been reborn as Baby Nut. All right, I need to slam through the rest of these Kentucky oh, officials yes, because so we got a yes. lot to get to. Absolutely. Crawdad Sizemore, County God. Judge Executive in Clay County. Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry I talked about Baby Nut because Crawdad Sizemore is my new God, I think. 
Is it just Tom Sizemore in a crawdad suit? Uh, I think it's Tom Sizemore anthropomorphized as a crawdad. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. That's I think it's a crossbred crawdad <laughs> Tom Sizemore creature. What is, what is that uh, Tom Sizemore crawdad sex tape that got released on the internet a while back? And uh, now, now we're dealing with this Kentuckian judge. Uh, the desperate things people will do to relaunch their careers. Absolutely. Um, someone says, we had sheriffs, squirrel, bear, and tiny in that order. Oh, my God. That's, that's, I mean, that's just a mass Singer episode right there. All right. I love this one because this is just so unbelievably bland. Uh, somebody had Robert Mead who legally changed his name to Robert Meade's CPA when he ran for treasurer. <laughs> now, to be fair, was he a CPA before then? He, so I he did research this and he uh, was really a CPA and he wanted the voters to know it. So, so his name is now Meade CPA. Oh my God. So he's Robert Meade CPA CPA. Right, yeah, comma CPA. Oh my god. Um, That's very and good. lastly, Brineth Paltrow is the <laughs> is the current mayor of Rabbit Hash in Boone County. <laughs> Which is great because Rabbit Hash is definitely something that would be sold on Goop. So goes by Bryn. Okay. Also, she is a dog. Gotcha. Okay. So I assume that because she was named after Gwyneth, that she's like a a yellow lab? I don't know what kind of dog she is, but okay. she is actually the mayor of Rabbit Hash. <laughs> and I believe Rabbit Hash's last four mayors have all been dogs. Okay. All right. Well, look, they know it works. So that's, that's the, yeah. I mean, I would take that, honestly, if you were to, if you were to, you know, tell me I can swap out the, you know, any two branches of government can swap out the humans for dogs. Uh, I would, I'd, I'd take that in a heartbeat right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I definitely know which two. I mean, honestly, it'd have to be all three, wouldn't oh it? Oh my God, you're right. No, yeah, no, I was, I, I forgot about Rule the third by one. dogs. Dogagarchy. <laughs> Man, that sounds like a Wes Anderson film I didn't see. <laughs> I need to, I need, I really need to get your take on something here. Okay. All right. From the independent newspaper in the UK. All right. Rare European cave salamander stayed in the same spot for seven years. Oh, I saw this headline and I did not, I I didn't click for further information though. So you're about to get it. All right. I'm excited. Salamanders play the long game with many species living surprisingly long lives. Okay, cool. Yes. In a study which makes sloths look recklessly hyperactive, divers documented the movement of olms, which are little cave-dwelling salamanders. Okay, it's not it's not like like Sherlock Holmes with an, a Cockney accent. Olms. Olms. <laughs> uh, they they 
they documented these twisty little guys mm-hmm. in uh, Herzegovinian caves. Oh, of Bosnia and Herzegovina fame. Yeah, the the famous Herzegovinian alms. Right, right, right. And they found that over a decade, individuals tended to move less than 10 meters in total. Oh. However, one extraordinarily inert individual was found not to have bothered moving once in over seven years. Now, question. These researchers are sure that that salamander wasn't dead. <laughs> the same question crossed my mind. All right, all right. But, you know, to me, more importantly, this is just... This is goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, to yeah, to not move for seven years. Hashtag sounds absolutely goals. yeah yeah. Oh, <laughs> very good. Ohm's goals. The uh, the scientist described this using the term. Um, let me find this here. They described this using the term extreme site fidelity, which is <laughs> it's a science way of saying. That motherfucker didn't move for seven years. <laughs> oh, S-I-T-E. I thought for a second there was extreme sight fidelity, like that's how they double-checked it. Like, we looked at him. That's how we know. And we kept looking at him. But yeah, no, I mean, you're right. That was, <laughs> all of that was misinterpretation, and he just stayed in one spot. Um, to be fair to the, quote, slimy, creepy crawlies, as they are known in Slovenia, I don't know why they threw that in. That doesn't seem believable to me. Are not particularly Slovenian? Yeah. Like Like Slovenian (laughs) people just break out of their their native Slavic tongue to say slimy, creepy crawlies. Yes. I mean, you know, during their frequent sort of al fresco cafe discussions regarding Olms. Right, right. I mean, you, and, you've been to the former Yugoslavia. Can you confirm that, that, that in fact, like the Dalmatian coast was full of uh, slimy, creepy crawlies? The topic was just on the wind, you know, everywhere right. you went. It Absolutely. was discussion of it. the latest salamander findings. Right, right. Uh, those findings being, he didn't move again. Once again, <laughs> he was found in the same place where he was yesterday. Guys, big news on, uh, on Holmes the Olms. He's... Uh, <laughs> He didn't move again. Day 2,569. Oh, man. Stoic Slavoj and his extreme sight fidelity is just the pride of Herzegovina. <laughs> He's on the Slovenian flag, actually. Little known fact. Oh, okay. All right. Um, All right. Like the actual Ulm is on the, is on the flag. They only have one. Right. And, right. Uh, <laughs> if he ever moves, their flag will be ruined. <laughs> Scientists also uh, explained that that these animals are not highly gregarious, which will come as a shock. Oh, okay. Uh, They have no predators and are highly resistant to starvation, able to go without food for several years. Now, that description, it turned it for me from, we're joking about salamanders, to just deep existential dread. (laughs) Yeah, get this. They, they're blind and they live in complete darkness underground and underwater. Oh, my God. Oh, so Jesus they're Christ. animals without hope is what they are. Oh, my God. They've, they don't have extreme sight fidelity. They have really fucking bad depression. Yeah. And they yeah. need some help. Holy God. I mean, I, I will be honest. When you first said that they can move as little as 10 meters in a year, part of me was like, did I move 10 meters today? 
Because I'd like to at least be 365 times faster than, than one of these olds. from uh, a week and a half ago uh, a Vesuvius victim had his brain turned into glass study claims you hear about I had them? not seen this I heard about them finding Pliny the Elder's uh, skull this is this is uh, in related news about skulls and Mount Vesuvius <laughs> um, the devastating volcanic eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 CE um, may have turned the brains of some of its sorry victims into glass, a new study concludes. Uh, analysis of one skull recovered from Herculaneum in the 1960s shows brain matter that had been vitrified or turned into glass. While some human brains at the site were found to have been saponified, turned into a soap-like substance, this is the first time that the glass idea has been put forward. <laughs> So have uh, they actually found a glass brain? Like I'm picturing a perfectly preserved brain with like a beautiful iridescent prismatic quality, but I'm guessing it's probably not that cool. No, it, it just sort of looks like a a hunk of obsidian. It's it's not. It doesn't. I wouldn't recognize this as a brain if I saw it on the ground. But <laughs> it doesn't look nothing like a brain. Yeah, it, it look. It's it's very shiny, very sort of obsidian looking. Um, they say that the fatty acids and proteins found in the substance and the localized nature of the material suggest that this, this thing that they discovered is a brain exposed to sudden, intense heat. Um, and uh, the unfortunate person, estimated to be a 25-year-old male, was found lying on a wooden bed buried in volcanic ash and thought to have been a caretaker for the Collegium Augustalium that he, uh, he was found in. So I've got to assume that through through modern science, we can bring this person back to life now. Well, their, their brain has uh, yeah. been like flash preserved in glass. And I feel like we could somehow reverse engineer that into a living brain. I, I mean, maybe not a, his body, but it could be yeah. like a Krang kind of situation. Well, it could be a Krang situation or, give or him a, just, a robot to live inside of. Yeah. If we reassemble all the pieces and then like put it into like a neural network then we could get this Pompeian man to be like our cyborg overlord. Um, yeah, let's put him in charge. He'll have some fresh ideas. Oh, my God. I, can you imagine? I would be so happy to just sort of give all of my, my decision-making capability over to some, like, Roman robot that <laughs> tells me what to do. Instead of Siri or Alexa, we'll have, uh, hey, hey, Claudius... Hey, hey, Claudius. And if it's me, if it's me and what I do with my, like, in-home device, it'll be like, hey, Claudius, what noise does a hyena make? Uh, and, yes, I mean, it would have to be a Krang situation in part because uh, the uh, uh, team behind the new analysis suggests the extreme radiant heat would have ignited the poor man's body fat and vaporized his soft tissues. A period, of, a period of cooling would have then followed, mimicking the way that glass is made. 
a period of of cooling of his of his body cooling down. Yeah, so they're not talking way. about like an ice age. They're talking about no. just this guy not getting quite as roasted by the volcano for a second. Right, right. Like like what happened to make this man's brain glass is that he was vaporized and then he wasn't constantly on fire for the last 2000 years. Antiques roadshow expert drinks 180-year-old urine, rusty nails, and a human hair after mistaking liquid for port. Okay. 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 So. It's like you could, to get any one of those things, but to get the, the trifecta. Well, a little known fact. They all know how to like, you know, identify ancient urine, but if you if you mask the ammonia scent with the cuprous tang of rusty nails, and then you add that human hair just to, you know, get the color to go a little bit off, any any antiquarian will think it's poor. That's how you get them. Uh, so Andy McConnell is an antiques roadshow expert, and he accidentally drank this noxious brew. <laughs> Uh, he's a glass specialist, mm. so that's why he was vulnerable, I guess, to this particular... Wait. Wait. First of all, first of all... I mean, they should have put him on brains, obviously. They should have put him on brains, but I'm thinking, like, okay, if he was a wine expert, like in, like, you know, one thing, but as a glass expert, it's like, well, here's the deal. To properly evaluate, you know, this, like antique bottle or this glasswork, I got to drink whatever's in it. What? There's not an eating, like an edible portion of Antiques Roadshow. That's not. <laughs> I've That's kind of the whole out. premise of Antiques is that, <laughs> yeah. uh, is that you don't eat them. You don't really want to ingest. <laughs> <clears throat> I've, like I've never once seen someone go like, oh, Look at this, you know, look at this old, uh, you know, uh, die cast metal toy. I'm just going to put it in my mouth and chew a little bit to make sure that it's not, in fact, a burger. Like what? I don't. I, yeah. I'm, mm, OK, go on. So go McConnell, on. Uh, he inserted a syringe in the bottle's cork and then tasted some of the, quote, very brown liquid. <laughs> he remarked, I think it's port, port or red wine. And then he jokingly added, or it's full of rusty old nails, and that's rust. <laughs> uh, turns out inside were, uh, were these brass pins dating from the late 1840s, and the liquid was urine, uh, a tiny pit of alcohol, I don't know what that means, and one human hair. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> And then uh, here's here's the uh, the coup de gras. Uh-huh. Uh, the bottle also contained a mysterious little creature called an ostracod, which is like huh. a little cockle. Oh yeah, no, I know about ostracods. Yeah, so this was not a bottle of port or wine, but a witch's bottle. Yes. Um, so this would have been buried in the threshold of a house as a talisman against witchcraft um, and curses and misfortune. Coming into the home. Yeah, no, this is actually like this is from the article. 
I thought the witch's the witch's bottle was your was your joke because there was a an ostracot in it. Good lord. Okay, all right. No. This is act- oh, an man. actual witch's bottle. So upon being informed of this, McConnell uh replied, Yummy, such good news. So he took yeah. it he took it on the chin. I'm gonna give him that. Like the problem is that he drank it in the first place, but the secondary thing here is like what who are they letting in? Like this is a gothic story about a witch's bottle. This is also though a dirtbag story about some like rank greenhorn that they let into the storied antiques roadshow world to try and test out this liquid. Who's trying to just get drunk off old hooch? Yeah, it is. It's the perfect uh, hybrid of of dirt of the dirtbag gothic. Gonna take us firmly back into dirtbag territory here. Yes. All right. NPR reports that three Indiana judges suspended after White Castle brawl that left two of them wounded. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The wounded part, I think, is the part that most jumps out to me. Like, what? What kind of brawl can you get into at a White Castle that will? Will cause wounds. So back in May, three Indiana judges got into a fight. Okay. It was the crescendo of an incident brimming with colorful details. A gaggle of a gaggle of judges drinking the night away. Is uh, is that the correct uh, nomenclature for a a grouping of judges? A gaggle. I would think it would be a a a ruling of judges. judges Or ruling of judges is very good. Yeah. uh, so a gaggle of judges drinking the night away before a judicial conference, a failed mm-hmm. attempt to visit a strip club called the Red Garter, <laughs> and a brawl in the parking lot of an Indianapolis White Castle. <laughs> okay. So they weren't drinking at the White Castle. They were drinking somewhere else first. No, they were doing a late night, you know, drunk. Yeah, run. yeah, no, that, I'm just I'm I'm I think I'm a little bit relieved that <laughs> Either they didn't find a White Castle that served liquor. There is no chance that it's legal to serve beer and burgers in one establishment in Indiana. That's well, it's a good thing that White Castle doesn't serve burgers. But I'm ching because uh, they're little bad sliders. I don't know. That oh, was a, okay. I, I was really a long shot. Uh, the altercation so- of. <laughs> The altercation apparently started sometime after 3 a.m. when one of the judges, Sabrina Bell, raised a middle finger at two men yelling from a passing SUV (laughs) and ended after one of those men shot two of the judges. So just to help people out with the math here, we've got got five people involved, three Mm -hmm. judges, two ordinary mortals. Mm -hmm. Okay. The two ordinary folk are passing, minding their own business in an SUV at 3 a.m. when a judge flips them the bird. Okay. Now, I assume he is dressed in black robes and like a... This was Sabrina Bell. This was a lady judge. 
Okay. And Should yes, be, sorry, yes. Uh, they were in full judge regalia because when you're a judge, you always are in black robes, powdered wig, and you carry a, your a little judge hammer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> judge hammer is actually a much more <laughs> badass term than gavel. In between, the three judges took a number of actions that, quote, discredited the entire Indiana judiciary. (laughs) 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 According to an opinion posted by the Indiana Supreme Court this week when they suspended the judges, the court found that the three, Andrew Adams, Bradley Jacobs, and Sabrina Bell, had, quote, engaged in judicial misconduct by appearing in public in an intoxicated state and behaving in an injudicious manner, and by becoming involved in a verbal altercation. (laughs) Adams and Jacobs engaged in further judicial misconduct, quote, by becoming involved in a physical altercation for which Judge Adams was criminally charged and convicted. Now, that was with the two other people? Yeah, so let's get into it and see exactly what the hell happened here. Because at first I thought the judges, like, Got drunk, went to a strip club, and then fought each other. But I right, kind of like the idea that there's like a judge team. Yeah, initially I thought this was a three-judge Mexican standoff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at a White Castle, and I like mm-hmm. that, but the the actual story is pretty good too. Um, so the document from the Indiana Supreme Court lays out the events as soberly as possible, but the details remain spicy. While in town to attend a statewide educational conference for judicial officers, 10 hours before the program convened, respondents, I guess that's the judges, walked the streets of downtown Indianapolis in a heavily intoxicated state. When Judge Bell extended her middle finger to a passing vehicle, neither Judge Adams nor Judge Jacobs discouraged the provocation or removed themselves from the situation. So the three had ended up at a White Castle after trying to go to a strip club at 3 a.m. and finding it closed because there's no chance that a strip club is going to be open at 3 a.m. in Indianapolis. That's true. Uh, A fourth judge went into the White Castle while Bell, Adams, and Jacobs stood outside. So (laughs) the fourth judge is maybe like the deep throat of this case Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, Two men in the passing vehicle, Alfredo Vazquez and Brandon Kaiser Mm -hmm. parked their car after the gesture from Bell. Bell and Vasquez traded further insults. A physical altercation ensued among the four men. So Bell, you know, Sabrina Bell just kind of sat it out. The four men, Adams and Vasquez allegedly hitting and kicking each other as Jacobs and Kaiser wrestled on the ground Kaiser then allegedly pulled a gun and shot Adams once in the stomach and Jacobs twice in the chest. So this guy put down two judges. (laughs) He fought the law and the law lost. Oh my God. Now, do you think Sabrina Bell at that point, after the judges had been shot, banged her gavel on the hood of the car and said, overruled? Adams and Jacobs were both seriously wounded and required emergency surgery. Jacobs was hospitalized for two weeks. I mean, uh, yeah, because he got shot twice in the chest. So the shot. rule is one week per bullet. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those was also the suspension rules. Now, I love yet. this. I love this. Bell tried to stop the fighting by pounding on the door of White Castle for help. 
<laughs> like the employees, like she thinks they're actual knights inside the White Castle who come out and save people who are in distress, I guess. Invoking White Castle doctrine, obviously. While at the scene, Bell recorded on video. Bell was recorded on video telling police detectives, I feel like this is all my fault. <laughs> uh, but the, the opinion notes that Bell was intoxicated enough that she lacks any memory of the incident. Now, here's my proposal to you, Ben. Mm-hmm. I would 100% run a D&D game that is just about, you know, all the players are judges trying to rack up as much property damage as possible before their bender wears off. <laughs> like, yeah. I, would, I would absolutely run and, and listen to and buy all the merchandise from a show where it's just people pretending to be intoxicated Indiana judges trying to get into some shit. The judges of White Castle. Oh my God. That's a, that's a good name. It's a good I, name. I'm, I'm fully down for this. It sounds All right. way better than our current podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stamps.horse, get ready. We got another, we got another winner in the chamber. Like a, like judges chambers was also part of that. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Dot Horse needs to get his check sign and <laughs> arm ready. Um, so uh, Jacobs and Bell were suspended for 30 days without pay. Adams suspended 60 days without pay and sentenced as 365 days in jail, but was required to serve only two. Mm, I guess mm-hmm. that's the kind of perks you get when you're a judge. And the fourth judge, nothing. The fourth, the fourth judge, judge was, was eating his sliders and fucking having I mean, a good night. I'm just, I, but I feel like he's the mastermind there, right? Like he helped get them drunk. He tried to get them to the strip club. And then when he saw that shit was about to go down, he went into the White Castle and ignored, you know, Sabrina Bell's pleas when she banged on the door asking for help. Like, <laughs> I like the idea of him without, without a looking over. And without mm-hmm. setting down his slider, just reaching over and flipping the lock. Yeah. Yeah. So she can't get in. <laughs> the flag hook is saying, like, should we help them? He's like, ah, I got this one. Don't worry about it. They'll be fine. Well, only people who listen to the full three year run of our spinoff podcast, The Judges of White Castle, will know the, the full extent of the fourth mm-hmm. judge's <laughs> involvement. Uh, In the White Castle incident, the court said the three judges, quote, gravely undermined public trust in the dignity and decency of Indiana's judiciary. (laughs) Didn't do White Castle any favors either. Oh, man. Or or the Red Garter, for that matter. The Red Garter is closed at a good, sensible hour. Absolutely. And sent everyone home to their beds. (laughs) They're the real heroes of this piece. Yeah. Now, let's just say I, I appreciate as, as a, you know, as a native Angelino who very much, as you alluded to earlier, enjoys Los Angeles. Um, I'm happy to hear about a strip club whose name makes sense. Yeah. The Red Garter is absolutely, it tells me what I need to know. Red is a sensual color. A garter is the kind of thing that a stripper might wear and remove or, you know, might remove other clothing to reveal. So that's all good. Um, I live in Los Angeles where a heavily touted strip club is called the Spearmint Rhino. Mm-hmm. And 
there is nothing. There's nothing. I mean, like there's all kinds of dirty puns you could make, but they're all a giant stretch. I I find the uh, the strip club names in L.A. in my limited experience of going to them very limited, limited to one night. Once you Greg's almost bachelor arrested, party. Weren't you almost arrested outside a a Jumbo's clown room? I was almost. I was walking past Jumbo's clown room, and a police car came ripping past me with lights flashing mm-hmm. into the parking lot. And two officers jumped out and started grabbing some strippers who were hanging out in out front mm-hmm. and shoving them down on like the hood of the car. And I was like, "Holy fucking shit! What is going on?" Yeah. And then I noticed that the police officers were wearing booty shorts. Gotcha. And I realized yeah, yeah. that a porno was being filmed. Right, right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's maybe the only thing that could have made that story any better. <laughs> but sorry, you were saying you're one. Well, you're one, the, the other, um, like the, the L.A. strip club names are either inscrutable, like the Spearmint Rhino, or mm-hmm. just coldly transactional like there's mm-hmm. one on uh on the sunset strip called body shop which is like <laughs> oh no that's exactly what this is mm-hmm. there's like i understand there's a pun there but there also isn't really a, a pun there i mean yeah, god isn't there also a like place seventh- where bodies are for sale absolutely i mean there's the seventh veil which yeah. tries to mask like the vice ridden nature of its business in some like light racism. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. The seventh veil is the most disturbing of the ones that I've been to because well, been to the I've been to the set. Well, oh, on that same shit. night that I went to body shop and cheetahs cheetahs is uh, right across the street from the Jim Henson studios. So <laughs> you come outside and there's a giant Kermit, the frog statue kind of leering. <laughs> over at you I, I don't know if he's leering or if he's just looking in disapproval and disgust but mm-hmm. um yeah the seventh veil it was it was just us the group of us who were on this bachelor party uh-huh. and uh one very elderly man in a wheelchair mm. and one very young handsome guy by himself who was just looking at the strippers with like this innocent gaze of love. Like he, it was, oh, it was so disconcerting and upsetting to me. Well, well, my, my one time that I went to a strip club, it was at the aforementioned Jumbo's clown room. And, uh, I went with another, uh, friend of uh, mine, uh, who was a fellow, uh, Victorian, uh, literature scholar. Uh, he got a lap dance from, uh, one of the strippers at, at Jumbo's clown room. And they ended up talking about her love of Victorian literature. And I drank the two most expensive beers of my life while scheming how to, uh, like gingerly place a decent amount of money on the stage without drawing any attention to myself. Yeah. That's a real trick is like, like you've got to, if you're not giving money to the girls, then like a big guy named Bruno is going to come and break your fingers. Mm -hmm. But if you do give money and they see you, then they're going to give you all this unwanted attention. So it's about Mm -hmm. surreptitiously doing it when they're not looking, but the knuckle breaking guys are, this is going to be, 
your son's favorite episode. <laughs> this, this has been Strip Club <laughs> Tips by two guys who have been to one strip club. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And this has been, I guess, uh, Lincoln and Wells. Uh, unless, Sorry, do you have another? Uh... No, I think we should call it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got um, a couple more stories, but we can always save them for another can time. Save them, yeah. The triumphant return of Lincoln and Wells. It's been a pretty triumphant, yeah. I'm not going to lie. We've yeah. uh, come we up with two or three other ideas for better podcasts. Absolutely. And or plugged other podcasts that already exist and are better. Yeah. So we, I uh, call that a win. Uh, in the process of getting that pizza, I moved more than 10 meters, so I'm better than a fucking Olms. Officially uh, eclipsed an Olms entire year. Yeah, yeah. So I feel pretty great about that, and you, podcast listeners, should too. Anyway, the bros are all like, what's your secret, bro? <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, I fall asleep milking my girlfriend. <laughs> Look, you can't skip Mam Day. <laughs> okay, that was really good. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if any of the rest of this is going to make it in, but that's going to make it in. <laughs> It'll be like King of the Hill. It's just going to be at the very, very end of the, the episode playing over the credits. No context. <laughs>